Winnie leaned out of the delivery truck's passenger side window and fired a few more shots from her Mauser at the rear tires of the fleeing, fleeing Franklin. Come on, he's getting away. Can't this thing go any faster? Stella better lip. She'd never, been, never driven her truck this fast before. It was important that they recover the tablet, but she also really didn't want to end up in the Arkham Advertiser's obituaries. What, are you crazy? You want to go faster? Winnie scoffed, please. This isn't even the craziest thing I've done today. Her companion rolled her eyes and portrayed herself with a chuckle. Winnie's reckless, carefree attitude had a dangerous tendency to rub off on those around her. The notorious aviatrix, the so-called woman without fear, lived for danger like this. Stella gripped the wheel tight, her knuckles pale. She stomped on the accelerator and hoped their quarry wouldn't take a hard turn. Downtown Arkham had be, became a blur as they whirled past, whirled past the first national bank, drawing closer and closer to the Independent Square. Stella had to swerve to avoid slower and wiser traffic, but eventually they started gain on the Franklin. Then Winnie started to climb out of the truck's window. What in the hell are you doing? Stella screamed. Winnie flashed her a grin. She scrambled to the hood of the delivery truck, ready to go to make a daring leap, having some fun. Hey gang, it's Tim here at Arkham's Kids, and that was the introduction for Winifred Habamock, the uh, the Amelia Earhart for the Arkham Horror Card Game. So, little story with these five starter packs. I haven't gotten all of them yet, but you know, I order at my local friendly gaming shop over at Mortals Inc. in Rocky River. There's a plug. You're welcome, Carlos. Uh, in our in the Amazon page, they, they were they're going for like about on average five to ten more dollars more than it should be, with the one exception. Winifred was marked at five bucks. I don't know why it was five bucks. But I took a chance anyways and I figured eh, it's five dollars. If they cancel it, eh, whatever. I mean it's okay. But I got this thing in Amazon in a company out in South Carolina called Empire Games, which I think when I was traveling for my work, I actually did stop at this shop. Uh, they honored it, and I got good old Winifred for five bucks. I was excited. So I'm getting the rest of my stuff this coming weekend, and yeah, I'm looking forward to this. So um, packaging is just like what you would see uh, online. However, I didn't expect that they'd come up with a whole sheet of like a little, you know, story blurb and then give you a little explanation on how to use the expansion and uh, how to play with the starter deck. And it even gives you the uh, uh, general uh, deck build, so which is awesome. And then in the back, it tells you how to upgrade it, you know, just uh, as an example, if you're just playing exclusively just with the upgraded cards that comes with this pack. So I went ahead and I was very surprised when I opened it up because I didn't look too much into spoilers other than what FFG has or maybe Mythos Busters or Drawn of the Flame has done. But um, I went through the cards and see what really were doubles ups. And I'm hearing on average just like, uh, what, 60% uh, is new cards? But for, I guess for Winifred, um, Really, I only have one, two, three, four, five, six doubles. Um, and all of them are really good. So the two that I have is Opportunist, Slip Away, Daring Maneuver, Cheap Shot, Lucky Cigarette Case, and Switchblade. And Switchblade is the level one. Uh, these are all just the, the just the, not even level one, but the level zeros. These are all just level zero cards. 
So they didn't even duplicate the upgraded cards. So out of that, that's only 12 cards in this pack. Does that even play at 60%? No, it doesn't. So that's 25%, really, roughly. Yeah, so that's a lot of new content. So what I'm going to do is we're going to review all the new cards and see what I think. And then we'll go through the character again. But if you look back at my, my previous episodes, I know we did discuss Winifred Habamock before. Uh, but we'll review it really quickly. And now that we have a little more insight with the deck that's being built here, this will give us a little more clarity on how she's to be played with the stuff that she has available with this pack. So I'm going to go through all the cards, and then I'm going to say, is it worth it just to do for the starter deck, or just infuse it with a bunch more cards? Well, continue on listening. All right, so let's talk about Winifred herself and her card and what it is. So Winifred, part of the Rogue class, uh, her stat line is one willpower, uh, three in intelligence, three on strength, and then five on agility. She is a criminal. <laughs> Doesn't look like that. She's very flamboyant in the picture. And honestly, this is like one of the most realistic looking pictures that I've seen here. It's crazy, crazy good. Kudos to Alexander Kars? Karsay. I think he does a lot of like the um, backdrops and playmats and stuff like that. And I think he honestly did the Insmith um, Conspiracy uh, artwork cover. So, I mean, honestly, this is really, really good artwork. But uh, she has 8 health, 7 sanity. And as a react, if two different non-weakness cards you control are committed to the skill test, draw a card. Limit once per test. As an elder sign effect, you get plus 1 after this test uh, ends. For every 2 points you succeed by, uh, return a card you committed to this test to your hand. So she is pretty much free, reckless, as the story I was reading earlier on. And you are looking in any way possible to pitch your cards to get the maximum value for it. Because it's not once per round, this is once per test that you get to draw a card. And you want to make sure you throw at least two cards. Now, if you're playing the numbers game, I'm thinking here in the back of my mind, it's like, you're going to eventually run out of cards. Uh, or you're going to deck yourself out. Um, one or the other. So that was that's kind of one of my worries about this thing. But at least with the Elder Sign effect... You can actually dig from your discard pile and grab a card back. So, oh, it's not even discard. You, you just committed. So, uh, you know, I really would, would. I think she'd be a lot better if we can actually dig through her discard pile. But I'm digressing here. So, deck size is 30. It's just all rogue cards, level 0 to 5. Neutral cards, level 0 to 5. There is no neutral cards in this pack, surprisingly. You get no neutral. Sorry, neutral fans. Not getting any. So, her deck building requirements is anything you can do better and then arrogance and then one random basic weakness. So, her signature card, anything you can do better, it's a skill. It has six wild pips and it's only for her deck only. And then you commit only to a skill test you performing. Uh, it's innate and developed. So, yes. This is a six. This is even better than last chance if you're purchasing it for the last card. So this is like a plus six year test. It's an awesome card, especially if you're playing it hard and expert. It's like, holy guacamole, this is good. It's really good. But you only got one, and that's really unique. So her drawback is she has arrogance, and it is a weakness skill. It's a flaw. It hinders you because I believe this one 
diminishes a wild pip. So you must commit arrogance for each eligible skill test you perform. This skill's icon subtract from your skill value instead of adding it. So if it's like you have to make a strength test 5 to her 3, it's she's actually going to pitch arrogance out and it's going to be a 2. If the test succeeds, return the skill to your hand. So this is looking for the fail. I mean, I, I don't think this is totally that bad. I mean, honestly, you can probably make just a, a crazy, you know, uh, check, uh, be it, you know, investigation or whatnot. Um, in the play of the game, this card would definitely sneak over this in your hand if you're drawing a Mythos cards because you're required to play it. So that's the only drawback. But I think there's a workaround with this one in the main state of the game when you draw it. So, but that's what Arrogance does. They also, well, they also say she has to include one basic weakness. And as fate would have it, they do give you a brand new basic weakness called Reckless. And it's flawed. Commit only to a skill test you are performing of any type that has no other cards committed to it. Other cards cannot be committed to this skill test. If this test fails, return the skill to your hand. Forced. If Reckless is in your hand at the end of your turn, reveal it and lose two resources. So you want to pitch this card. <laughs> and you got to pass. Uh, and you can't do anything else. So you're, you're throwing this card and you're, you're committing this. So it's a, it's a toss away. There's no skill on it here. So this forces you not... This inhibits her from not using her awesome ability. Um, yeah, but which makes total sense. But it's a basic weakness. So it'll go with your basic weaknesses when you're creating a new character. So it doesn't necessarily have to be for Winifred. It could be for any other deck that you're building up. So I like that. More basic weaknesses. As masochistic as I sound there on that. I mean, it, variety is the spice of life, I guess. All right. We're going to go into the player cards. We have a poor man's version of lockpicks. And the lockpicks is three to cost. It's an asset. takes up one hand slot. It's an item. It's a tool. It's illicit. You can pitch it for plus one to your intelligence for a skill. And as an action, you can do exhaust lockpicks. Investigate. Add to your agility, or your agility value to your skill value for this investigation. If you don't exceed by at least two, discard it. So, with the other one, the, the slightly better one at level one, um, there is, I wouldn't say charges, but I think they're probably uses, pretty sure. No, they're, they're supplies. So, once the supplies are depleted, if you didn't pass by two, you have to remove one. But, uh, quite honestly, I would start with this card right off the rip. I mean, really, I mean, it's that good. And then I would probably, for just one, you know, XP upgrade these later on so i mean right out the gate i mean this is great for solo action already from right out the box so you didn't have to wait for that bill to get the lock picks usually you're probably throwing in something in there like a flashlight or something like that but excellent excellent card i'm definitely going to be playing that for sure there are her trade well i wouldn't say a trademark gun but in the story that's what she was using so i'm going to pull them both out so you have the Mauser C96, and we'll talk the level zero one first. It is a four-cost asset. You can pitch it for plus one agility. It's an item. It's a weapon. It's a fire art. It's illicit. It takes one hand. It has five ammo on it. And as an action, you can exhaust uh, the Mauser and spend an ammo. Fight. 
you get plus one strength and deal plus one damage for this attack if you succeed by two or more. Either ready it or gain a resource. That's pretty awesome. And the gun can stick around for a little longer. I mean, the only drawback is, is you're tapping it to exhaust it, you know, and can't use it again. But uh, it's a little pricey for four. That's my only gripe on this card, but I definitely see the use for it. And for her and her build, yeah, she's going to be passing by two or more, like, a lot. So I can see her readying. Probably only going to use to gain that one resource. Um, really, probably in the last couple ammo rounds where you, you want to, you know, get something out of it. But it really depends on the flow of the game, I mean, I guess. But, I mean, reading it, I probably would want to, unless... Um, needing that resource money, I'm probably going to ready it. Or if the enemy's defeated off the rip, I'm probably going to ready for it. It really depends on the scheme of the board. All right, so the upgraded version is the cost is down by one, set three. You need two XPs to upgrade it. It does have an additional pip besides the agility. It gives you plus one strength. If you're in a pitcher for a skill chest, it has all the same abilities as before. The only exception is... You get plus two fight and deals plus one damage for the attack. If you succeed by two or more, either ready the, the Mauser or gain one resource. If you do by four or more, do both. So, yeah, if you definitely uh, definitely shoot the moon, uh, getting uh, a really critical success on a, on a skill test, that's awesome. Uh, I do like it that it's actually one less, so it's not as heavy. But, you know, with rogues anyways, they actually have fine ways of getting money. They always do. But, cool card. I like them both. Uh, I'm going to try these out and see how they do. We have an ally. Lonnie Ritter. She is unique. She's a feisty mechanic. Now, Lonnie was in... She was in the story for... Uh, what was it? It was for... Jenny Barnes. So in the novels, uh, Lonnie was actually discussed, and you get to see how Jenny actually got her trademark twin forty fives by you know Coldstone beating up a thug at the at a speakeasy, just took his two shiny guns. <laughs> but Lonnie came out around in the background. She's brash. She's feisty. She she definitely is in the story too. So I mean, seeing Lonnie going with uh, Winifred, I, I I can see this. She is a four cost asset. Her stat line is 2 health, 3 sanity, and she does take up an ally slot. She is an ally. You can pitch this card for a plus 1 strength check, and you get plus 1 strength if she's in play. And as a react, you can exhaust her and spend a resource. And you get to choose an item asset controlled by an investigator at your location, heal 1 damage from that asset, and 1 horror from Lani Ritter. So she has a way of healing assets. Really wish there was a way I can actually get this in Tommy Muldoon. Where's <laughs> it Tommy Muldoon? It's the rookie cop. Who's the Guardian Splash Rogue. There, and there's no way he's going to get this card. But it's a cool card nonetheless. So I said, like, alright, that's cool. So I'm hopefully you know, thinking, what is Lenny going to heal from an asset? Because I haven't run across any yet. Well, that's the next card right now. Leather Jacket. It's two cost asset. It gives you plus one strength. It's an item. It's armor. Uh, it does take the uh, body slot. It is fast. And it is a two health asset. So leather jacket can do two points 
of Health Soak. So this would be a way for Lenny. I guess she's a tailor. <laughs> she can fix the jacket. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's a card she can actually do and fix. So I like this. This is actually better than the leather coat, which is for rogues. But the trade-off is you're paying two where the leather coat, I believe, is just a zero cost. So, But it's just an avenue for rogues to have a little he uh, health soak. I like it. I like that, too. I like anything that's fast. All right, next one is Streetwise, a zero-cost asset. It's a talent. Um, you can pitch this for plus one intelligence or plus one agility. Uh, as a react, you can spend two resources to get plus two intelligence for this skill test, or you can do the same thing and get a plus two for the agility. And I really couldn't find any other cards that did anything like this. It's kind of high on the cost front. So I'm, like, sitting here flipping around the book, and I'm not really finding anything amazingly like this this one this one's pretty 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 unique for an asset although i do have a jenny barnes that i put together so there might be a couple cards in there but uh again zero cost it's kind of it's free and if you got money and you got free flow money that's one way to mitigate you know for you know going for the cluage or looking to evade Honestly, she's probably going to look more for the cluing than the evading part. But, yeah, pretty straightforward. Pilfer is the next one. Let me see. There is two versions of it. As soon as I can dig it up here. Pilfer, level zero. It's a four-cost event. Uh, you can pitch this for plus one intelligence and plus one agility. Uh, Pilfer, trick. Uh, investigate this invest this investigation uses agility instead of intelligence if you succeed discover two additional clues to your location wow yeah that's really good for Winifred I mean solo wise I mean if you can get I don't know how many additional clues you're gonna hit playing solo but if you're like in that sweet spot between two and three players man this is a good card the only fallback for this card is it is expensive horribly expensive man four oof googly muggly but way to investigate so let's see what the upgraded one is and see what the difference all right so this is a level three event uh xp event same cost at four same skill stat if you want to pitch it for plus one uh agility and plus one intelligence uh let's see what the difference is Alright, so the everything else is the same with the exception of the last sentence in this card. If you succeed by two or more, return Pilfer to your hand at the end of your turn. Okay. See, I don't know. I'm not 100% sold on this. I think this would not be as great for solo, but definitely more so for, again, when I say for two or three. Even if you upgrade this... Uh, I mean, you're getting another card back, and that's what Winifred needs because she's always tossing cards anyways. So that portion I do get. But, you know, see, I'm on the fence on this one. I mean, I really am. It, it, the cost is so darn high with both of these. But but I'll have to try her out as a starter deck and see if what I actually do with it. Maybe I'll run this through with, like, Dunwich Legacy or something like that. But uh, not 100% sold on the Pilfers. Uh, next card. This is a zero-cost event. Sneak by trick. 
do an evade action. And when this action begins, gain two resources. You can also pitch this card for two agility for a skill test. So I like cash. I like free cash. It's like a trade office is like an emergency quiche. Get rid of resource, get the evade. So I like it. Um, nothing fancy with this one, but I do like it. And it's a way to get more money and a chance to evade. So, I don't have a whole heck of a lot to say on that one, but it's really good. Uh, we're in the skills now. Let's take a look at Nimble. Nimble, it, I think I did spoil that a little bit here, this one. It's got the sound of music uh, artwork here, climbing up on a hill below and seeing a steeple or a chapel in the background. Um, Nimble is a one, plus one agility skill check, and for each point the skill chest is seized by, if it resolves, you may immediately move to a connecting location. This is like a weird version of Shortcut. <laughs> but if you maximize it out, you can move three spots away. So you really can get the hell out of Dodge. Uh, I do like this card. I really do. Especially for those that have high on the agility front. So this definitely fits in Winfred's deck for sure. I hope they have an upgraded one. But I better imagine the upgraded one would be like a maximum of like four times. Or maybe another plus one on the agility front. But, uh, yeah, cool card. Cheesy artwork, though. Daredevil. It's a skill. Uh, it gives you one wild pip. After you commit Daredevil to a skill test, discard cards from the top of your deck until you discard a green rogue skill. You can commit to this test. Then commit it. Shuffle each weakness that was discarded by this effect back into your deck. Oof. Okay. So let me, let me, let me backtrack here. It's fortune and practice, too, as well. After you commit a Daredevil to a skill test, discard cards from the top of your deck until you discard a rogue skill. You can commit to this test. So my question is, is does it actually specifically have to be a skill card? Or is it just any green card that comes up and you can pitch that for a skill test? So I'm not 100% sure on that. If it is the latter, then you're going to definitely want to have... Uh, your skill cards would be buffed up a little bit because I can see you, you know, hitting that free form of just cycling down and getting rid of all your cards. <sighs> Think of it like the Price is Right when you're doing the the Alpine climber and you just hear the <laughs> you hear the yodeling as you're going through your top of your deck trying to find a skill card. <laughs> oh, that's gonna stink. So I'm hoping it's just a green card that can provide you a skill bit of some sort sort that can match it. So I have to figure that one out. So but that's what Daredevil is. We have a level one liquid courage. Uh, you can pitch this for plus two will power. It's item. It's illicit. It's four supplies. So you can spend a supply and choose an investigator your location to heal a whore. Then an investigator test willpower two. If that test succeeds, they draw a card. If it fails, they heal one additional whore and discard one card at random from their hand. So... It's not bad if you fail, I guess. Losing the random card. So the original Liquid Courage. Um, let's see what's the difference here. So you get a trade-off. Cost is the same for the level 0. You get a plus 1 willpower pitching for skills. Supply count's the same. Uh, oh, you get to draw the card. That's what it is. If you successfully pass that will test, this one allows you to card where the will test two here on the zero. 
doesn't allow it. Yeah, but if you succeed, you get to heal additional horror. But if you fail, oh, that's a trade-off. That's a crazy trade-off, though. So it flops. So if you succeed, you do one more horror. But if you fail, you have this credit card from hand. So they just literally took out the additional horror, put on the fail bit. And then, wow. I mean, I get it. It's alcohol. It's booze. I mean, beer goggles and all. Yeah, I can see it. Man, that's very flavorful. I dig it. That's crazy how that just did it. But both of them have their purpose. It just depends on whether or not you, know, you put a reliability in drawing cards. In the case for Winifred, yes, you will lovely want to draw a card. Or do you need that additional heel soak? So, yeah, I, I probably wouldn't even throw the regular liquid courage in her. It would be just the upgraded one. For her, anyways. But, yeah, cool card, yeah. All right, next one is Daring Maneuver. And there is a Daring Maneuver that they did give you initially. So I'll review them both. So the level zero one is a zero cost event. It's I got one wild pip for a skill check. And it's fast. So when you would play play when you would succeed at a will, uh, skill check, and then it would give you plus two. The upgraded one is the same thing. It's a level, you need to spend two XPs for it. And for this one is it's the same thing. Uh, fast play when you succeed a skill check, and then you get plus three skill value for this test, and then you get to draw a card. Uh, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, honestly, Winifred's going to want the better daring maneuver so she can continue to draw. So for that, for her, for that one, that would be a two card draw right there, for sure. I think that's like kind of critical for her. All right, we got Cheap Shot. So I dug out the the other one, too, as well, that they give you copies of. Uh, cheap Shot. Cheap Shot. <laughs> cheap Shot. It's a, this is a level zero. This uh, does come in your pack, but you, we've already had this before in previous expansions. Uh, level two event. Uh, you can pitch this for plus one strength, plus one agility. Uh, it's a trick. Fight. Add your agility value to your skill value for this attack. If you see about two or more, automatically evade the attacked enemy. I like this card, especially for Winifred, because you're going to hit at an eight. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. So even if it's just bare fists, you're slapping for a point of damage, or it might be a mean, ugly mug that you have no way of getting around here. I actually love this card. I mean, I played this with Finn, too. I, I just dig it. I mean, for her, smacking at an eight... And then getting a chance to evade it, that's just great stuff. So I dig it. So I have run Cheap Shot. I do like Cheap Shot. All uh, right. So the upgraded one is a level two. Uh, same cost, same uh, skill selection. You're going to get pitch if you want to make a check. Um, again, it's fight. And you get to add your agility value to your skill value for this attack. And if you succeed by one or more, you automatically evade that attack enemy. If you succeed by three or more, re return cheap shot to your hand at the end of your turn. Oh, that's even better for Winifred. Wow, that's awesome. Reduces the cost, uh, reduces it by one, so you just pass by one. Uh, but if it's like three or more, you get to get it back at the end of your turn. Oh, man, that's just good stuff there. So you can play a lot of cheap shots and just be absolutely annoying. That's awesome. That is awesome. That I, 
uh, this would be another one I would actually upgrade pretty quickly. Okay, again, because I have a feeling, because you're going to be getting rid of a lot of cards, you're going to want to get those cards back in some form of capacity, because you don't want to be emptied out. And honestly, I was just thinking about it too. If there was that one weakness that I think it's paranoia, where you have to get rid of all your cards from your hand, that's going to suck for her if she's got that when you're building a deck. But, yeah, so, yeah, I did. That's another one. If I was playing this deck straight out from a starter deck standpoint, for sure, I would definitely do that. That would be another one. Early upgrades I would do for Cheap Shot. Uh, Slip Away. And I think they did give you a couple copies of Slip Away. Man, this artwork looked like it came out of Lord of the Rings, the card game. All right, so brought out the regular one. Uh, it's a level two event. It gives you a plus one agility, or intelligence, plus one agility. It's a trick. Evade. You get to add your intelligence to your skill value for this invasion attempt. If you succeed by two or more, and the invaded enemy is not elite, it does not ready during the next unkeep phase. I like this card. This is kind of situational, and I'm always turned off by the non-elite, because chances are you probably have something that you can't you can't handle, and they're usually elites, and not the non-elites. Um, and I, this card always I always put it together, but it it doesn't make the cut when I put everything into a deck. And looking at Winifred, she's well, it's going to be an eight on the evade, so definitely she's going to be able to. But if you succeed by two or more and the evade, it's not only yeah. I mean, you can evade optimally for this one and gives you an eight if you really need to bug out. But really, you're going to want to have that succeed by two and make sure that enemy's not elite, so it doesn't uh, doesn't ready during the next upkeep phase. All right. So what's the upgraded one? This is a uh, you need two XPs to to uh, get the slip away. Same cost. Uh, same uh, skill uh, icons for pitching. All right, so evade. It again adds your intelligence to your skill value by this evasion attempt. If you succeed by one or more, and the evaded enemy is not elite, it is not ready during the next upkeep phase. If you succeed by three or more, return slip away to your hand at the end of your turn. Yeah, and honestly, I would probably, and with her deck, I would definitely upgrade this too as well, because this gives you more chances of bouncing cards back in your hand. Um, I really wish it wasn't not elite, though. Why can't it just be an innovated enemy? But I, I, I get why they did that, though. You know, so you don't, you know, get to a big bad, and then this is be this wouldn't be a game breaker. I mean, be totally OP'd. I understand it, though. I just wish it wasn't like that. Uh, okay, moving on. Manual Dexterity. So the regular one, which is a neutral one, it uh, just gives you two agility, and then if you're successful, you get to draw a card. This one here, you get to upgrade, and you need two XPs. It gives you an additional agility, so you're testing at three. You can only do it once per skills. Uh, you can only commit one of these per skills test, and if successful, draw a card. Two cards instead if you succeed by two or more. Yeah, and honestly, with Winifred, you're going to want this one in, too, pretty quickly. So you can get more cards. It's just the evasion attempt, though. I mean, I said, what is she trying to do? Is she going to shoot first, or is she just going to bounce around doing what she needs to do and get the heck out? That's 
where I'm getting it. I mean, she does have a weapon, which is nice, so you have to deal with those monsters. But with her manual dexterity, hmm, you're definitely going to definitely want to, I hate to say cliche, say slip away from the last card I meant, but that's probably what you're going to do. This feels like it's more evade heavy than dealing with enemy uh, combat. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? This is a combat stat line. I mean, you're not doing any combat. You're just definitely running away. Same artwork, though. Just in a green. Alright. Lucky Sarah Case. Uh, the regular one, which I do believe they... I think they give you. They do. So the regular one is a two-cost asset. Gives you plus one willpower. It is an accessory uh, charm slot. That's an item. And after you succeed at a skill test by sure more exhaust lucky cigarette case to draw a card. Yeah, she needs this because she needs the cards. She needs to draw cards a lot. A lot of cards. So, yep, I can see why they put that in there. But let's see what the uh, level 3 lucky cigarette case does. In this one is you get additional willpower for a pitch of her skills. Uh, still costs the same. Uh, so after you see by a skill test by one or more, exhaust Lucky Cigarette Case. Search the top X of your cards to your deck, draw it, and shuffle the remaining cards in your deck. X is the amount you succeed by. Yeah. And I can see why this costs 3 XP, especially for, for Winterfriend. She's probably going to be obliterating skill checks by playing either the Slipaways or um, her signature card and stuff like that. So um, anything that you can actually look at the top of your deck, pick the one you want. Is awesome, absolutely awesome. Pricey for what it is, though. I mean, just for the XP line, but and I get it, I totally get it. I mean, you're gonna honestly, at some point during each round, you're gonna succeed a skill test by one or more. So awesome card, yeah. Digging the flavor in this one. Sharpshooter. It's a two cost assets. This one you'll need three XPs to put in your deck. You can throw it out. For a skill test for plus one strength, plus one agility. A talent. When you use a fight ability and a firearm asset, exhaust sharpshooter. Choose one or both. This attack uses agility instead of strength. All modifiers for your strength for this attack is used to modify your agility instead. So when I read this card initially, I was getting kind of confused, but I get I understand why. So say for instance you have a 45 automatic. And it gives you a plus one strength and plus one damage. The plus one strength is now converted to being a plus one agility instead. I like this card. This card is awesome. I mean, for what it does. That's the first thing it does. You don't have to do both. You can choose one or the other. The second one is use the attack enemy's evade value for this attack instead of their fight value. This card is sweet. I like this card. I like this card. So if you get any of those combat-heavy enemies, but with the low evade value, and you can switch it over to get an easier shot, <laughs> that's just awesome. Like that, that's why they had to do choose one or both. So that, that's good. That's good stuff. I really like that. So I can see people that if they're looking at like the Guardian, you know, rogue builds, yeah, they're going to use this card for sure. I like it. Good card. Backstab. And they didn't give you a regular backstab. Nope. They give you the upgraded backstab. So let's take a look at the regular 
backstab. Unless it's in my Jenny deck. Oh, no. Okay. I do have regular backstab. So, backstab is a three-cost event, and it is level zero. It gives you plus one strength, plus one agility. It's a fight. Uh, this attack uses agility instead of fighting. This attack deals plus two damage. Okay. Been around, and honestly, this is a part of the core set. So, good card. So, we finally get an upgraded backstab. It's a three-cost event. You need three XPs to upgrade this card. Same stat line for pitching for skill checks. Fight, again, it uses uh, agility instead of strength. This attack deals plus two damage. And if you succeed by two or more, return backstab to your hand at the end of your turn. Again, I think this is another card you're going to want to upgrade kind of early on. So you get that option and getting cards back in your hand, for sure. Uh, yeah, it just, uh, nothing else. They didn't do anything bigger, so you're still going to do three points of damage. Just if you hit, and you hit by two or more, you get to put this back at the end of your, at the end of your turn. So, good stuff. I like it. Copycat. It's a skill for one wild pip. Three XPs to put one of these in here. After you commit Copycat to a skill test, search the discard pile for another investigator of another investigator for a skill. You can commit to this test and commit it. After this test ends, place that card at the bottom of its owner's deck. So you're looking for, like, big cards. I mean, this is not a solo card for sure, so you're definitely not upgrading it. You're definitely going to need a two, three, four-player game to get this card out. But this is awesome playing with, like, Survivor, digging out a last chance or something like that if you needed. Um, but yeah, not solo friendly. Or, you know, if you're playing two-handed solo, I mean, with two investigators, you can do it. But, uh, this one wouldn't be necessarily, I would upgrade right off the rip. Beretta M1918. It's a four-cost asset for four XPs. It's two-handed. This thing better shoot for a ton. All right. Skill set when you're pitching for is two strength and one agility. It's an item, a weapon, firearm. It's illicit. It uses four ammo. As an action, you can exhaust a Beretta and spend one ammo. Fight. You get plus four strength and deal plus one damage for this attack. If you succeed by two or more, either ready it or this attack deals an additional plus one damage. If you succeed by four or more, do both. Holy guacamole. Wow. And if you put Sharpshooter with that thing, <laughs> boom, headshot. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, that's a good, that's a good rogie item. I like that. And the only problem is it's two-handed, but, you know, get a lot of firepower and a big skill check there. But if you combine that with a Sharpshooter, it should be hitting at nine. Oh, that's crazy. That's crazy good. With sharpshooter, you know, honestly, she would be hitting at seven. This this card is no slouch, and I can understand why it's four XPs for it. Last card, we got a shillelagh, a guy holding a shillelagh here. It's Chuck Fergus, he's an Abanion driver. It's a three cost asset. Five XPs, put one in here. Man, this guy is pricey. He he does take an ally slot. He is a criminal. He does have two health. He has two sanity. You can pitch him for a plus one strength, plus one agility, and it has a wild pip. When you play a tactic or trick event, exhaust Fergus and choose two. That event gains fast. That event gains two or fewer resources to play. 
And you get plus two skill value while performing a skill test during the resolution of that event. Oh, wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. So it would make all your tricks. So now, now I'm going to look at here. So when you have tricks, it's tricks and tactics. So it reduces your backstab by two for your resources. So that would go down to one and make it fast. <laughs> you can make this thing fast. Wow. <laughs> That's good. Uh, let's see. I'm pretty sure slip away is another one. Yeah, it's a trick. So that would be free. And cheap shot would be free too as well. That's a trick. During maneuvers, gambit. Sneak by. Well, it's already used zero, but you can you can play it to get fast. And you get plus two skill value performing the skill check. Oh, and you get free cash out of it. Man, be whooping with the shillelagh. Uh, pilfer. This would definitely make pilfer a lot uh, more attainable. Bringing that cost down to two. For sure, yeah. Let's see. Talents. I'm looking at the rest here. Allies. Firearms. And this. Yeah. And that is good old Chuck Fergus. Yeah, I see why. No, I see it. Man. But it costs five, though, to put it in your deck. Oh. Oh, man. That's good times, man. All right. My initial impressions on this deck. I, I see it now. After just talking here and going through it. This card, this she looks a hell of a lot of fun to play. She really does. Uh, with that whole bit here. But I'm kind of torn on what you should do first. So, if you're upgrading here, I think if you, like crazy ways of doing it if you want to shoot first ask questions later and then get the beretta and the sharpshooter which i discussed about and then if you want to lead to a, an event heavy strategy by purchasing higher level and tactic tricks such as slip away cheap shot backstab pilfer you should also adopt such a strategy such as good old chuck fergus to make it better yep yep and that's exactly what we do so all in all this character would be crazy fun to play. I absolutely dig it. I mean, I was kind of on the fence on that, but I really didn't see on on her card set. I mean, she wasn't the weakest one. I'm still my 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 feelings on Harvey Walters is out there, so I got to get that one and, and review that one. But all in all, I I think it's awesome. I mean, I think if you're you love playing rogues, I mean, honestly, you're, you're gonna if you're listening to this to already, you already probably haven't picked it up. But um, it's really good stuff. Now, am I one of those types that will probably get two of these decks? One to just leave alone and just bring it out to new people? I don't know if, if I would bring these on to new people. I probably would still just make them play with the core set characters first. I think even for starter decks, um, when I hear starter deck, I mean, it tells them you're pretty raw, you're into the game and stuff like that. I wouldn't even call them starter decks. I would call them just investigator decks. Really, because there's a lot going on. Winifred, don't get me wrong. You get the one-page pamphlet here on how to actually set this thing up and play it together. I mean, that's fine. But for teaching somebody new, I I would rather just throw them, you know, you know, skids or or a Roland or Daisy or something like that. Something very easy and manageable to deal with first. Because with this game, there's a lot of rules and there's a lot of stuff going on there. And if there's anything tricky here, Winifred can be very very tricky. Um, 
And there's a couple other investigators can do the same thing. But for Winifred, I would probably hold off on and saying, yeah, I'm going to throw her to the stack. Here you go, run. I do like the concept. I do like the idea on that. So I think after a player's had a couple playthroughs and want to try something different, like outside of their, you know, color zones or anything like that, you know, they tend to be pro-survivor or pro-guardian. This gets them out of that and lets them play with other cards they haven't really experienced before. I think it's great for that. I wouldn't necessarily call these things starters, though. I mean, that's just my gut reaction. However, they're good anyways. I mean, auto-include. Would I buy two of these? I'm a junkie. Of course I'm going to buy two of these. I really am. I'm just going to go to one set and go to Carlos say, Hey, Carlos, give me some more. Because they're that damn good. I mean, I mean, really, I only had 25-30%. There were just repeats, and I don't mind that. I mean, considering those repeats... Were probably repeats that if I'm doing like multiplayer games, they're, they're just going to be value and people are going to be using them anyways. Uh, then again, I'm already at four core sets, looking at my fifth core set, you know, in the background. So that is Winifred. I like it. I'm going to play it. I'm going to see how it goes. Thanks for listening, guys. Listen to the uh, future podcast. I'll have, I'll review the other four as it comes down. You need to get a hold of me. It's Arkham's Kids at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, guys, and I will holler at you later.